0: Hello and welcome to Back Chat, your podcast all about scoliosis, yoga, and back care. My name is Christine Berry. I'm a yoga teacher, creator of the Yoga Berry Yoga for Scoliosis community and YouTube channel, and this show is all about supporting you on your scoliosis journey. So, if you're looking for practical advice and inspiration on how to manage the condition with yoga and movement, then you're in the right place. Hi everyone and welcome to Back Chat. Welcome to Yoga Berry, your yoga for scoliosis community. Um, it's been a while, right? Uh so yeah, we've had a little bit of a break. It's been very, very busy in the Yoga Berry world, but um I've got some great interviews lined up for you over the next few weeks. Um, so thank you so much for for joining right now. I can see there's a few of you joining in. Already, so if you want to say hi in the chat, feel free to do that. Um, let us know where you are. Let us know um, if you've got any questions about scoliosis, about exercising with scoliosis, about yoga with scoliosis, and we'll try to to help, obviously. So before I bring on my guest, I just wanted to let everyone know. Um, some of you know that I'm based uh, just outside of London. And I've actually got an in-person workshop coming up um, in on the 17th of July. So for anyone who wants to, who's maybe in the area and who can get themselves to Surrey, that's where it's going to be in, um, in East Maldi. And uh, yeah, we'll have a full day of yoga for scoliosis, uh, 11 to 5 p.m., and, yeah, it would be a great opportunity to get together, obviously, as well and meet some others who are in the same boat, who've got scoliosis, who are working with scoliosis. So I put all the details into the into the description as always. But um, let me um, introduce my guest for today. So we've got the, the lovely Helena Viner, and she is a very inspiring young lady. Um, she's a yoga teacher herself she does all sorts of other things as well which she's going to um, tell us about and yeah she will tell us about her scoliosis journey obviously as well and I'm hoping to get some good insights here so there she is hi Helena Hi. (laughs) good so whereabouts are you right now Helena
1: so I'm based in London not too far from you as we know, probably about thirty minutes from you, so south southwest London area.
0: Yes, and you teach you'd kind of teach in the in the area as well. Yeah, yeah. Mainly, or a little bit all over London.
1: Yeah, mainly teaching in southwest London, but also teaching online
0: to um, yeah
1: all over the world really. <laughs> mm. Yes, that's
0: how it's going right now. Right, it's. Uh... <laughs> definitely yeah. heading that way <laughs> good so um we've been we've obviously worked together a, a few years back Um. so i know a little bit about your your scoliosis story but yeah maybe you can you can tell everyone about um your journey with scoliosis when it kind of all started when the word when was the word scoliosis mentioned to you first and and how did it kind of go from there yeah yeah
1: so um prior to my diagnosis never heard of the word before nor had my parents so it was all brand new nobody in the family we, we weren't really aware of it um but i was in hospital at the time being treated for pneumonia and um i was fourteen. and um yeah when, I, when you're being treated they often put the um the little stethoscope up against the back to listen to your lungs and things, and that's when they initially noticed the curvature of the spine. But at that time, this sort of focus was something else. So I think they subtly said to my parents, "You know, you should probably get this checked when right. she's better." Uh, so when I was better, that's when I was taken in for X-rays, and that's when we had the the word. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that was sort of the initial. Um, start of my journey Mm -hmm. and then we were sent to a specialist not far from where we lived who sort of took one look at me and said surgery and at the time I was a 14 year old aspiring dancer so it was quite um yeah it was a it was a crushing realization to hear that from a specialist yeah and but I was thankful that my parents went to get a second opinion in central London Mm -hmm. we went to go see a second specialist who said you know I would I would not recommend surgery in the slightest you have no pain um posturally I was looking quite good despite the curvature my hips are level my shoulders are level so um yeah he was like no way um we'll monitor you um which they did for the next few years and then when they thought I was skeletally mature they sort of sent me on my way
0: and um here I am (laughs) so so you did have regular kind of checkups then but nothing else no other kind of treatments or anything
1: no um so I would go in um I'm not sure how many there weren't many checkups I went in the next couple of years I was seen less than a handful of times um and yeah I was just sent on my way they just said keep doing what you're doing um and then it wasn't for quite a few years later, um, when I was already dancing professionally, that I thought, I haven't had a x-ray in a long time and I don't know, you know, where I'm at. So it was only not too long before I met you, Christine, that I um, or maybe even when I met you, I went back to get another x-ray to be mm-hmm. like. Yes, yeah, I remember where, that. Yeah. Where am I now? You know, I'm, I've been dancing all these years, I don't know, you know, what it looks like. And it had progressed. Um so that was like a informative moment for me because I was always told, right, you're skeletally mature, it's not gonna get any worse. And then it did. Yeah. So that's when I was like, that's when I sort of, um, not took it into my own hands, but that's when I really started to hammer down mentally and think, right, it's up to me now to keep myself um, as strong as
0: possible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my journey. Exactly. Mm. So so do you remember the um the cob angle? So do you remember how severe the, the scoliosis was when you were first diagnosed and then to where it progressed? Yeah, so I think initially it was about 35
1: and then it went up. I think it was around 38 when they right. when they said you're grown now, you're skeletally mature. And then when I went back a few years ago, it was 40, 40 something. Yeah. Really around 44. I can't remember mm-hmm. to the, but it, it had progressed. So I'm somewhere. By like
0: a few degrees, like five degrees or something. Yeah, right? I was I'm
1: sort of around, last time I checked, mid 40s-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it'd been such a long gap between that, the two x-rays. I don't know, you know, what period of time we're talking about. Um, so yeah, those that's the approximate time mm.
0: yeah, and I'm um with your permission, I'm gonna I'm gonna share this this x-ray obviously because I um I think it's always good for for people to see. so this was the latest x-ray, right?
1: Yes, that one was so I think that one was around 38, that one you've got in front of you right okay um, so yeah.
0: So it was the earlier one then, it wasn't the the so progressed this, one. Yeah, so this is sort of the middle one, which is right. <laughs> right.
1: out of the three yeah. I mentioned, that's around 38,
0: I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just to, um, well, well I, what I always find very interesting from my perspective as working with people is like, um, you've got this bit at the top, which is super straight, and then you've got this bit at, at the bottom, which is, quite straight as well there's maybe a little bit of 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 a curve but not much and then you've got this quite well quite significant curvature in the middle isn't it so this is probably why you are so um you're so great at like hiding it in a way <laughs> yeah yeah because you're so balanced at the at the the top and at the bottom isn't it yeah no it's um it's a funny one definitely mm. um yeah. so how would you say um what what did this all mean to you as a as a as a dancer so you you basically said you were an aspiring dancer were you always were you thinking of like i'm gonna be i don't know be on on the stage i'm gonna be a professional dancer was that kind of the plan
1: yeah yeah so um from a young age right through to my first diagnosis at fourteen that was sort of, I was always very tunnel visioned, that's what I'm gonna do. Um, and then there was obviously the momentarily blip when I thought, oh no, you know, is that possible for me? Yeah. And particularly when they were saying the word surgery, I was thinking, oh, you know. Um, but as I got older um, and started auditioning for various vocational schools and training, um, I sort of just kept kept going, um, and I would always have these physical examinations before being allowed to train. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was always picked up by the physios and things. But it was always, um, yeah, kind of a reason for me to just not not prove anybody wrong, but maybe maybe myself. I don't know. But <laughs> it was a it was never a reason for me to stop being so tunnel visioned. As I said, mm-hmm. I had that momentary momentary blip when I was like, oh no. But then when we got the second opinion and he said, no, you're good to go, I was like, right, I was like, let's go. So then I sort of um yeah, it's just it's funny when you talk about it on a timeline because it just seems so linear. But I just, yeah, and then I went through the rest of my training, um, graduated, and then I went into the industry. Um, had a few well, a couple of years in the industry, then we had COVID. <sighs> and then we came a yoga teacher. <laughs> So yeah, I had I had some time in the industry, um, but it was interrupted.
0: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and did it ever? Do you ever feel that there was anything that you weren't able to to do, or maybe that was harder for you than for for other people? Um. So, short answer: no. I don't ever. I did.
1: I didn't ever feel I was at a disadvantage. Um. Looking back, I probably had to try harder um, muscularly because there's some things with the anatomy when you're turning, for example, and you're not completely symmetrical you know, you've got this massive asymmetry in your body. When you're turning, like turning on a top, it's much harder than someone who was completely symmetrical. Um, But I sort of always um, balance that in my mind by thinking it's so rare to meet an individual who is 100% symmetrical. We all have slightly different, you know, someone might might have a tightness in their right hip, which throws them off a little bit, or, you know, someone might have um, an asymmetric shoulder from carrying a bag on much. So scoliosis or not, I think um, it's quite rare to find someone who just, in, the, in that particular industry, things don't come to you easily, whether you've got scoliosis or not, uh, mm-hmm. you have to work hard and that was always sort of my right my view I, I never felt at a disadvantage I mm. was just working as hard as the person next to me but looking back muscularly I probably was having to compensate um, but it wasn't that noticeable at the
0: time. Mm. So so what do you do uh, now kind of to to manage your scoliosis is, is there anything you you do in um specifically or you just kind of forget about it and so as <laughs> as I've so, as, as I'm starting to get older
1: and particularly when I went back for that latest x-ray where it progressed I've sort of really started to dive more into um scolio specific things instead of just a very general fitness which is what I was used to yes. I've started to look at things um yeah probably a little bit more tailored to me and my curve. And there's some things that I've just picked up um, through, um, well, working with you for one, <laughs> um, researching different therapies and really starting to understand um, what my body needs. And right. a huge, huge part of that is um, is intelligent breathing. And it was mm-hmm. something that hasn't really been in my training ever before. Um, but obviously as someone with scoliosis, we have those areas where we have areas which protrude and then we have areas which, um, hollow. So breathing into the hollow areas, um, has been, yeah, it's an everyday practice. Um, lengthening out of my, um, lengthening out of my curves is a everyday practice, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of the small
0: things I do in between. Mm. Yes, it's- I remember that. I remember the breathing being kind of like a uh, a light bulb <laughs> moment. <It's> like-
1: <laughs> yeah, the breathing is so powerful. In fact, when I do the breathing, just from breathing, I hear all these cracks. It goes, I, I hear pops and cracks because uh-huh. I've been so hollowed. And then I, you use that sort of yogi diaphragmatic breath. And I just hear pop. pop and it's like I'm breathing space into those areas and I know I am because I can hear the sounds um so yeah it's I'm not doing anything huge um no long exercise routine mm. it's all sort of small differences um I'm trying to adapt
0: mm. well there's so many things you, you do right so so tell us all the all the the things that you teach right now yeah. So right
1: now I teach um, various different types of yoga, and I teach hybrid fitness called Bar, which is basically a combination of Pilates, yoga, and is inspired by dance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's quite. Um, that's quite a demanding workout. Um, and yeah, I still dabble in the dance industry. So it's, yeah, it's 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 rare I go a day without moving. But I'll be always the first one to say um, scoliosis or not we've got to keep moving every day Um, Mm. and having always had that mindset I do feel yeah I want to pass that on to everyone Um, Mm. I don't like to I don't like to think of myself or anyone else any differently whether you've got a curve or not
0: you know I think it's yeah
1: yes Um,
0: I don't know if you saw the um I uh the the, the uh, little bbc um thing that we we did the the other day in in Hyde Park anyway it was on the it was on bbc yesterday um with emily from from build and breathe pilates as well and we did like a little exercise se- session outside but it was called so they changed it a little bit, little bit but they changed it to uh hidden disabilities in london and I was, I was like, to be honest, I'm not sure about this name. I don't mm. think I like it. And I know why. And I know that some people uh, do feel that it's uh, disabling. And it, especially, I think, if you've had a spinal fusion. Um, but I don't know. I think for, you know, for someone like you, I would never say you've got a, a hidden disability, right? And I don't know. What do you think about this? I think it's a like um,
1: trouble is scoliosis. I guess it's like a it's an umbrella, and you've got people yes. who you know are, are you know could be disabled from it, and then you've got people who are functioning every day or don't even know they have it. Which let's face yes. it, there's a lot of people out there who have it but they don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so to generalize it and say it's a disability. It's not a disability to my life um and lots of other people's lives, but then again, it is to others, so mm-hmm. it's just a, a blanket term, isn't it? I guess the important thing is to not um not let it define you or if you if you're functioning totally fine in every way possible, you mustn't if someone says you've got a hidden disability, if you don't feel you've got a disability you don't you know it's it's how you that's how you feel at the end of the day yeah. Yeah. um. Absolutely. Sometimes
0: there's lots of people out there who don't feel mm. as well as people that do. So, so yeah. do you um if you're kind of like thinking back to to the time when when you were diagnosed and you could kind of meet little Helena from <laughs> back then now, what, what would you what advice would you give her?
1: Oh Probably
0: just that everything
1: was going to be, everything was going to be fine. And that it wasn't the end of your career, you know? Nor the end of, my training hadn't even started. I
0: mm-hmm. went on to go do
1: all that um, two years later. So I hadn't even started really. So I guess I'd go back and say, A, if you stay headstrong, anything is possible. Um and be, you know, everything's, everything's going to work out.
0: Yeah, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing around here with it. <laughs> yeah, with yeah the screen
1: yeah. hindsight's a wonderful thing, because the, the emotions you feel at that time are very valid, and they're true to you. Um, but yeah, it would have been nice to have my future self tell me, you know, hang on, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice, it's nice just to know, um, one day I might look back at my current self and say the same. Um, yeah. So yeah. I guess it's, it's quite, yeah. It's a calming thought. Um, but yeah, at the time it was just the, it was like a horrible, mm. horrible thing to go through. I think, particularly because so many people do get diagnosed in that sort of puberty uh, like, era. Which is we, so difficult anyway, right? You know, Without so much, yeah. Your, your whole yeah your whole everything's changing so that just that sprinkle on top is always
0: going to be tough as well yeah for lots of people
1: um
0: yeah absolutely and it's the whole um so ha- has it ever like from an um, aesthetic point of view because obviously you are you're also um you work you know you're you're a model you work with your body uh you there's photographs being taken of you um has that ever kind of played a role for you
1: yes
0: yeah no definitely it's definitely something i'm aware
1: of um so when i mean as you say like it's largely aesthetics what i do it's largely about the way i look and the way i move and the way i position myself in in the dance and modeling industry um so yeah it definitely plays on my mind but it's one of those things which I'm sort of fortunate enough to be able to um, manipulate, you know, um, where I'm so um, bodily aware,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I sort of can recognize where I am in space
0: and where I sort of shift myself in space. So it's- um, do, you, do you have any, any tips for posing for photographs <laughs> with scoliosis? <laughs> Um is there is there like do you only show one side or do you do you like do you turn always a specific way or anything like this? I don't think so. Um I mean I think the biggest
1: thing to remember is what's going on in your head is not going right. You always be your own biggest critic. So whatever yeah. you're thinking in your head at that time, the majority of the people won't even notice yeah so it's an important thing not to get too hung up on how you're how you think you're being perceived and how you think you look because so often someone's not going to have a clue um Mm. so yeah (laughs) no I love that just you know just remember that
0: you're you probably care a lot more than anyone else Mm. um absolutely yeah but is is there anything you do uh in terms of like mm, well when you're just standing it's very hard to 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 tell obviously so you're probably not not the best example for this but (laughs) if, if you've got any advice for anyone where it is maybe a little bit more yeah more visible
1: yeah
0: as in how to stand confidently or yes yeah yeah absolutely
1: yeah yeah I mean, the thing is, if um, I guess that's why movement practices like yoga are just so valuable because where it might all be completely brand new to you, and some people, you know, might be a bit hesitant to try it, what it does give you is awareness awareness Mm -hmm. of where your body is in space, awareness of um, how to hold yourself. um, And that awareness isn't just in yoga, you take that awareness to the bus station, you take that awareness to the supermarket and you have, you start to recognize where you are. So if you are sort of one shoulders in, you feel yourself rounding, you start to recognize those patterns and you can control it actively. It takes a lot of, a lot of mental time, but the more you do it, the more subconscious it becomes. So I mm. guess, you know, I mean, it's out like the pictures are just, having your picture taken is just one example of a way mm that you could just oh, remind yourself, oh, I'm falling into it there. But yeah. that's why movement practices are so important because otherwise, how do you know if you're slouching or how do you know if you're falling into your curves? It's it's a practice, right? Like we always, mm. we always have to think about it. Because, um, yeah, I don't know if I would be so bodily aware if it wasn't for, I mean, I wouldn't be so bodily aware if it wasn't for all the things I do every single day. So, yeah. Um, if you need inspiration to start a
0: yoga or Pilates class,
1: that would be it. Awareness.
0: Mm. Yes. <laughs> it, so is there, is there anything um, kind of know what the answer is going to be, but is there anything that, that you now don't do in your yoga or in your, uh, in your, in your um, movement practice, not in the dancing, obviously because that's, that's different again, I feel. But like when you choose things, is, is there, are there things that where you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not doing that? <laughs> well, largely
1: the answer is no. However, um, with twists, in particular seated twists, um, I'm wary of my natural rotation. And when I say the word wary, it doesn't stop me from doing it. I just, There's one side I don't push into as much. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So with the seated twists, sometimes you can accentuate your scoliosis depending on what direction you are twisting. So it's really important just to be aware what your pattern is. Are you lengthening up and out of the top of the head? Like you've got this two-directional pull um or are you slouching rounding and then pushing (laughs) um so with the seated twist that's definitely one which I'm wary of um Mm -hmm. I still do it because I I enjoy and I get a lot from moving in all planes um but I approach it differently depending on what sides doing it
0: so I Mm. guess the answer
1: is no I don't not do things I just approach them differently depending on the
0: sides I'm practicing on Mm -hmm. maybe maybe doing a little bit less or 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 just doing it with more awareness right
1: yeah yeah it's that that
0: awareness word again I think is really important yeah yeah Um, because that's definitely what I feel with so if I'm following a, a just a general yoga class and there is a lot of twisting and i'm just about managing to keep up if it's quite a quite a fast class i know i always regret it afterwards (laughs) Yeah, because i feel like the twists are the thing that that take me personally most out of whack (laughs) Mm -hmm. because if if i don't have the 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 time or if i don't have um if i cannot kind of do them with with really full awareness and that Need slowing down for me mm. personally um but i i would I would agree i would still i still do them um just maybe not well, and I, I also I don't really choose them in my own in my home practice as I feel like i'm my body twists already, right I don't need to practice it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing I think um
1: I probably don't do a huge amount of twisting either. I think that's sort of not a priority. Um, mm-hmm. Our priority, I mean, generally is, is lengthening um, and finding that nice sort of traction, that space. Yeah. Um, and strengthening, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And where I do, I do do it inversions, I just, as you say, it needs to be slowed down, it needs to be really broken apart um and yeah I like to approach it with a lot more mindfulness than some some of the flows I do mm-hmm. um yeah but then you think how many times a week are you doing that position how long are you holding yes. for so yeah there's there's a lot to, there's a lot there's a lot of factors to go into it.
0: yes it's it's definitely a difference is it once a week or is it uh every day yeah You know, that's there's a difference there, absolutely. Yeah, Hmm. definitely, definitely. Um, so yeah. Good. So any any other kind of tips or anything that you can maybe um offer to anyone who's maybe just been diagnosed um with scoliosis and who might be kind of in your position of uh borderline surgery, maybe you have to have surgery maybe not um anything you can any advice you could offer
1: so from my experience having more than one um consultant look at you yeah get multiple um those different opinions because yeah it's one person's opinion at the end of the day which could change your whole future so Mm -hmm. i think it's important um second of which I guess it's coming back to what we spoke about earlier. If, if you don't feel disabled by it, don't mentally tell yourself that you're any different. You know, if, if, if you're in a position, a lucky enough position where you didn't even know, you didn't even notice it hugely in your everyday life and you don't feel hugely impacted by it, um, then don't let it define you. But I guess it goes, that goes for everyone, whether you get back pain or not. Um, I think as soon as you start letting it, get to you mentally or get to your self-esteem. It's just, I feel like it's a bit of a slippery slippery slide. Um, so yeah, I think the top, 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 top of my list is just to keep moving. Um, and I think sometimes people are scared to do the wrong thing, afraid mm-hmm. that it will get worse. Um, but I think the worst thing we can do is not do anything. Um, yeah you know even after a long journey sat down I'm like you know I feel like I'm tin man I feel like I've aged about 50 years (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that that only happens when I'm completely sedentary and I haven't done anything um so and with movement comes increased confidence increased awareness um better control of your breath Uh uh-huh it's all all good stuff It's, it's a domino effect um top of the list is to move and yeah i mean if they're watching this video they're already doing you know doing something good they're looking they're looking for advice and they're looking for um other people a community mm-hmm. um, so yeah i guess that's it really <laughs> surgically professionally get more than one opinion
0: yeah and
1: yeah i mean obviously if they if, if anybody can find a specialist teacher even better
0: Hmm. Um, to help them, them. Yeah, getting getting as much information as, as possible, really. As yeah, much. Just, yeah mm. that's it. Yeah, mm.
1: get a good toolbox. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, get all your tools. But I definitely, um, I know, obviously, I know how it felt at that time. And it's really, um, it's, it's scary. And you just don't know what the future holds. Do
0: um, mm. you still have those moments where you're like, well, how how old are you now I'm 25 25 uh, where you're thinking to I don't know 35 45 <laughs> yeah definitely I have I have um thoughts about the menopause
1: when the bone density um changes um but I know i sort of committed myself now to like a um an everyday practice of movement mm-hmm. um because I don't yeah have, I you, don't you're doing all, all
0: all you can
1: right yeah, I don't yeah. have all the answers but I know um I know we can do an awful lot with our muscles so mm. um
0: yeah that's yeah. sort of
1: my approach personally Absolutely,
0: and, and I think you're you're the best example for this because I mean I remember that you were disappointed that your curve had increased but to put it into perspective it hadn't increased by very much it was only a few degrees mm. um over i can't remember how long it was
1: yeah yeah long time
0: um, yeah so so you've done amazingly well right and uh, like controlling it even though it was kind of borderline surgery mm. and making sure that yeah where, where one person said oh you need to have surgery kind of proved them wrong right 38 though i mean that's you know now i'm like wow you know Mm. Uh, and maybe they thought there was still a lot of growth left or you know hmm. maybe maybe so yeah good lovely so where where can people find you how how can they do some some yoga with you some uh So my
1: sort of most accessible platform is my website, where I do, I normally do about two to three live Zoom classes a week. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole host of on-demand classes on there from restorative um, yoga, meditation, and then some fiery sort of bar stuff on there as
0: well. So that's all nice. over the website. Um so yes good. So do you do you do you have you had any students with scoliosis as well, or many. you're kind of? I've yeah. had many
1: come up to me at the start of a class and say, you know, just to let you know, I'm fused or I've got right. scoliosis. Um, and I don't always say, oh me too, but sometimes I do. Um, and I think that's always a comfort to know that you've got a teacher who, yeah, you know, who you knows what about. we're dealing with yeah. here. So, yeah people
0: come in all the time all the time mm. um, yeah much yeah. more common than 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 many people think right yeah and I think that's
1: that's that should be a great comfort there's so many people out there um, mm-hmm. so yeah no one's no one's if someone's you know feeling something you're absolutely not not alone um, no no there's, absolutely. A, there's a
0: lot of us out there a lot of us <laughs> <laughs> I was like, lovely thank you so much helena that, was, that was great you. um and always yeah very inspiring oh, and thank yeah thank you thank you so much for your time and um i hope you keep in touch <laughs> yeah definitely thanks so much for having me <laughs> all right stay on. I'm just going to say bye. And yeah, uh, next week, we've got Helen from uh, my Pilates tribe, actually. So she's going to talk about Pilates as well. Right. Bye, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I would be super grateful if, if you could leave me a five star rating and review, which will help me to create lots more amazing content. If you have any questions or suggestions, reach out to me on Instagram at yogaberry.scoliosis or visit my website at www.yogaberry.net.